Time for our weekly fantasy football update. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports done by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. All right, John, uh, Packers and Raiders, a difficult watch last night. What, what could fantasy owners take away from that 17-13 shootout? It sure was, wasn't it? Uh, just, just a joy to behold uh, the, the uh, just <laughs> exemplary football uh, that, that was uh, thrust upon us last evening. Uh, hopefully you watched the Diamondbacks instead. Um, but, That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, Jimmy G was rather efficient in his return, but, you know, kind of the, the standard line for, for him, Devonta Adams didn't really get a whole lot going. Obviously, he was a little bit dinged up coming into the game. It wasn't uh, a, a sure thing that he was going to be active until a little bit before uh, kickoff caught everything that was thrown in his direction, but only four targets was, was rather uh, surprising as far as he's concerned. Um, A.J. Dillon getting another week um, to just kind of plot away. Um, with Aaron Jones continuing to have the, the slow recovery from that hamstring issue that, that you know cropped up week one and has made one appearance since then. So that continues to be frustrating. Dylan obviously has the, the market share um, qualities uh, working in his favor at, at this current time. You know, Patrick Taylor um, isn't really going to be taking carries off of this plate as long as Aaron Jones is sidelined, but Dylan is not really uh, a lock to give you much in the way of production. Um, not, not a lot of breakaway ability for him. Just a, a long carry of 11 yards last night on his 20 attempts. Uh, I thought that overall uh, the big thing for the Packers moving forward is that offensive line looks pretty abysmal. I mean, the, the Raiders obviously have a pretty decent uh, pass rush core, headlined by Max Crosby, of course, but um, it felt like every time Jordan Love was dropping back, he had pressure in his face, and you don't really expect that to get – a whole lot better in, you know, David Bakhtiari's situation doesn't sound like he's going to be a factor for, for this Packers team. So things are looking pretty tough for the pack. And, and uh, as far as the Raiders are, are concerned, they continue to be something of an enigma. No one really takes them overly seriously, but they're, they're not a total pushover either. All right. Uh, you know, it was a difficult watch to say the least. On to our, our weekly position waiver wire uh, roundup here, so to speak. Uh, let's start with running backs. Uh, looks like uh, H-Han, Davon H-Han might be out for a while. James Conner apparently is headed for several weeks on the sidelines. So what waiver wire running backs are out there that might be hot properties this week? So we'll get started in, in Arizona. I thought Amari DiMercato uh, looked pretty good this past Sunday uh, after James Conner got, got injured. Uh, Ten carries for the 45 yards and a touchdown. Had actually played a, a decent amount of snaps. Uh, the week prior against San Francisco, but tough to gain much in the way of traction against the Niners. They are uh, kind of just on a different level for, from everybody through the first five weeks of the season. But DiMercato, I think, is someone that uh, if you play in, in a waiver wire type of format, definitely put him as your top priority with, with James Conner being sidelined for, for uh, these next couple weeks, maybe a candidate to go on injured reserve. Um and if you are playing in a budget type of league, I think something in the in the range of like twelve to fifteen dollar percent um, of your budget would, would make sense given uh, the the playing time upside over these next few weeks. Um, you know, there, there's a couple other short term injuries to to consider. We'll, we'll see what this Bears backfield uh, lo- looks like th- this upcoming week. If any of those guys are able to. to uh, return, you know, Khalil Herbert suffering that ankle injury 
during Thursday night's game. They, they pretty much just had to run with Curry Blossom game uh, down the stretch in that one. So Deontay Foreman, who was a healthy scratch last week, uh, he, he projects to be on a lot of waiver wires, and I think he might just kind of be the last man standing right now. So if, you, if you're desperate, you need to fill in uh, with some week six buys coming up. I, I think that he's a, a worthwhile addition. You're not expecting a ton out of him, but, but still should be able to give you at least a little something. Um, beyond that, guys like Eric Gray don't really uh, appeal to me. I, I think that uh, Jeff Wilson, if he's available on waiver wires, especially in light of Devon A. Chan's uh, injury, likely keeping him out for a few weeks, I think that Wilson, with, with his uh, IR uh, window to return starting to open up, uh, he's worth a look to. All right, so the Colts running back situation between Jonathan Taylor and, and Zach Moss, how should people try to navigate that? Boy, that's, um, that was a bit of a rug pull on Sunday, was it not? I mean, uh, Zach Moss is crushing it uh, both in terms of the, the workload and the efficiency with, with the work. You know, 155 yards and two touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at on 23 carries. Makes sense that, that you know, Jonathan Taylor seems somewhat – He's back in, into the mix. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to remain the case for, for particularly long. Uh, with, with the amount of money that, that Indianapolis ended up forking over to, to Taylor, he's going to take over this backfield uh, before too long. It could be as early as this week against the Jaguars. So that, that's definitely something to consider. But I think Moss, at the very least, is a flex-viable consideration. I don't think that Taylor completely takes back over. Uh, this week necessarily. If down the line, you, you probably figure that Zach Moss is going to be someone that you drop later in the season. But right now, the way that he's running, hold steady uh, with, with him. But if, if I do have Taylor in any season-long leagues, uh, I am going to, to put him in my starting lineup uh, this week, despite the, the sort of uh, underwhelming season debut from him. I'm actually in the real world of football. I'm thinking that the Colts would be wise if they traded Moss. There are some teams that could use running backs that we're obviously talking about in fantasy, but also, you know, real life teams. They need some help. No, you're you're absolutely right. I, th- I think that there are a lot of teams that, that should be in the market for a running back right now. And with, with Taylor coming back, um, you know that I don't think that Indianapolis uh, really has a huge need for for just kind of like a premium. Uh, number two running back, I think Trey Sermon, Evan Hull, when when he gets back, um, can be you know fine enough uh, reserve types for for this Indianapolis offense. But I, I think uh, make no bones about it, Indian, or uh, Jonathan Taylor, far, far and away, you know one of the mm-hmm. best running backs in the league, let alone on this team. So uh, if Indianapolis were, were to receive some calls on, on Zach Moss with the way that he's running, uh, wouldn't uh, completely shock me, especially with with some of these. Uh, longer-term injuries. I think Arizona, for, for instance, uh, would make some sense in this instance. Jaleel McLaughlin, we talked about him last week. Um, I'm a little concerned, though, because you know the Broncos got to be starting looking ahead to next year, I would assume, and Javante Williams is the running back of the future, I assume. So McLaughlin, uh, you know, my, is my concern justified here? Well, I, I think, you know, they haven't had to pay Javante Williams his second contract yet, so um, there there are some kind of financial factors at play here. Where it's like if you're the Broncos and and you have uh, you know a rather inexpensive Javante Williams who's dealing with that hip and, and quad injury, um, and you have an undrafted guy like McLaughlin doing what he's doing right now. I mean, over the last two weeks, almost 16 carries, racking up 140 yards, almost nine yards 
per carry. He definitely has some juice, some wiggle to his game. So maybe his role doesn't disappear whenever Javante Williams is back up and, and, and full go. You do wonder what what it, it's going to mean in the in the uh, in the long run, long term uh, for a guy like Samaj P. Ryan, who obviously they, they brought in um, this off season hasn't been running particularly efficient whatsoever. So I, I think that he's someone that that might be at risk of seeing a role reduction. Although he does have some utility in the passing game, but I, I think as of right now, uh, with, with, if you picked up McLaughlin. Uh, this past week, you definitely hang on to him. He doesn't need to be around or among your round of cuts uh, this week when you're making some moves. John McKechnie, rotowire.com, currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to wide receivers. Who do we want this week? Let, let's let's see here. So Josh Downs, I think uh, he he's ascending. I think for his own part, um, he's doing really really well. Um, really impressive player, like coming out of North Carolina and. Uh, this is an Indianapolis team that, you know, I think with Richardson being sidelined, they're going to be throwing it a, a lot more over these next few weeks. They, they threw it a ton in Baltimore when Gardner Minshew took over. And we saw Josh Downs, uh, you know, catch six passes on uh, six targets that this past week has, has gone for five or more targets in, in uh, what, four of his five games so far. So I, I expect that, that role to continue to expand. And, and I think in Jacksonville, um, that they're going to be very focused on, on slowing down Michael Pittman. So I think that Josh Downs is going to draw the easier matchup. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to dive too far into the uh, Gardner Minshew revenge game narrative here, but uh, certainly on, on the table. But I, I do like Josh Downs, bottom line, as someone that, that you can pick up this week. Um, Trenton Irwin, I think, is going to get a little bit of uh, free agent interest this week after how many targets he got this past weekend. Uh, with 10 um, against Arizona with, with T. Higgins being sidelined. You figure with, with the Bengals looking at a bye in week seven, it wouldn't be surprising um, for T. Higgins to be sidelined for another week. But I, I'm not sure that that uh, role sticks uh, one way or the other when it, when it comes to Trent Irwin. Although with Charlie Jones being on injured reserve, maybe for one week, um, perhaps Trent Irwin could be someone that, that gives you a little bit of something. Um, in your flex spot or, or your wide receiver three spot. Justin Jefferson's reported uh, reportedly going to the injured reserve. So does that mean, I guess, more K.J. Osborne time? And I can't figure out Jordan Addison. This has been like the roller coaster ride of you know all time, at least for about the first four or five weeks of the, se- of the season for him. So I, knowing what we know about Osborne to this point, like the, all the peripheral numbers are – at best, average, and for the most part, bad. So uh, I think we're looking at a bit of a dead-end type of uh, free agent pickup when, when it comes to Osborne this week. If you know you drafted him in the 12th, 13th round, uh, you probably already let him go off of your roster. I, I know that Justin Jefferson opens up, in his absence, opens up you know upwards of 12 targets every single week moving forward while he's sidelined, but it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota, and I think it'd be the pragmatic move on, on their part to just channel more of that volume over to Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson. I, I don't really see a, a huge need for, for KJ Osborne to, to get a major uptick in target volume. And frankly, I don't think that he'd be able to return a whole lot with, if he did get that, that increased work. So um, maybe Minnesota runs a little bit more in, in the, in the coming weeks with Jefferson being sidelined. And I think if nothing else, um, you know, the, the arrows trending up, Big time for, for guys like Addison and Hawkinson. I, I think that 
Um, it might be a little bit misguided. It might be a little bit of fool's gold to, to just uh, pencil in KJ Osborne as, as the hot pickup out of Minnesota. Okay, one one other quick. You mentioned the Colts against the Jags. The Jags wide receiving situation seems to be kind of a ball of confusion, at least to me. Uh, can you help me sort that out? <laughs> can you help everybody sort that out? I wish they could sort it out themselves. It, it feels like it, it should be a pretty simple um, read for them. I, I think that Calvin Ridley is is far and away the, the most talented player that they have in that receiving core. Um, looking at, at how they've kind of channeled the, the targets so far this year, Christian Kirk leading the way with a 24% target share. Evan Ingram, um, really nice ad for, for PPR leagues, but hasn't really done a ton in, in terms of yards or touchdowns uh, just yet, but he's got 20% of that target share, and Calvin Ridley also with 20%. So Zay Jones, uh, he floats around. He's someone that, that can occasionally find the end zone like he did this past weekend when he's healthy. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be a, a frustrating one uh, for, for us uh, on the fantasy side of things, because I think it's just practical for the Jaguars to, or it would be nice if they threw it a little bit more to Calvin Ridley and he was the, the number one target. But I, I, I see, you know, after five weeks of the season so far, um, we're, we're looking at a very balanced uh, target distribution there in Jacksonville. So uh, a lot of these guys have a higher floor as a result of that, but it does kind of cap their collective ceiling. There isn't like that, that clear, obvious, uh, number one target uh, there in Jacksonville. Yeah, being practical sucks for us. Basically, the bottom line here. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, talking, yeah, me too. Talking with uh, John McKechnie for RotoWire.com. Quarterbacks, any waiver wire targets this week? There, there actually are. Um, you know, with, with uh, a bit of a spate of injuries or, or bad performances that this past weekend. Uh, Gardner Minshew, especially if you're in two quarterback or super flex leagues, I think is a is a premium acquisition for, for this week. I think that he's someone that, that you, you know, can give you competent quarterback play uh, while Anthony Richardson is sidelined with that shoulder injury. So in on Minshew, I think he's, he's the premier target this week at the quarterback spot. I think Tyrod Taylor, um, worth a speculative ad. I wouldn't go too heavy on it, but we'll, we'll see what, what Daniel Jones' status is. He's dealing with that, that neck issue that he picked up after getting sacked a million times once again uh, this, this past Sunday, this time. Uh, down in Miami, and uh, it seems like the Mac Jones experience is uh, is maybe reaching it, its final conclusion. It, it's been so rough for him these, these last few weeks. The the Dallas game was brutal, and then I mean I I don't know if there was a more surprising result across the league this week than uh, the Patriots losing thirty one to zero to the New Orleans Saints at home. <laughs> so uh, m- maybe Bailey Zappi is someone to, to consider. I I think we have a pretty idea of what, of what he can be at, the, at this level. We, he, we saw him get a little bit of run around this time last year. Uh, he's someone that can operate an offense, but he doesn't really have much in the way of physical tools. Um, his college production was, was crazy. I, I believe he set the single season touchdown record um, at Western Kentucky, but um, physically speaking, he's someone that, that is going to be throwing it short, might have a decent uh, you know, completion percentage, that type of thing. But when you're looking at explosive plays and, and yards per attempt, it's probably not going to be there with Zappi. And I think that this New England offense as a whole is just really uh, looking to be trending extremely downward. Matthew Stafford, I assume he's owned in most leagues, especially you know, two quarterback leagues for sure. But you know, he faces a Cardinals defense this year, this week, I should say, that has no defensive backs that basically can cover anybody. Quite frankly, zero. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it with, with. I mean, not a lot of people can can cover Jamar Chase, but uh, the, the Cardinals uh, definitely among that group to, to to be certain. I mean, that was a record-setting day for, from Chase um, this past week, and and you know, to to be honest with you, uh, look, looking at my waiver wires for, from last week, Stafford was available in a lot of my one quarterback leagues with, with shallower benches. So there is still a chance that Stafford is bouncing around out there on your waiver wire, and if that's the case, this is a great week to pick him up. Uh, going up against the Cardinals, and then you, you've got a game against the Steelers on the other side of that as well. So I think that those are two um, somewhat uh, vulnerable secondaries, to, to say the least. And I think Stafford, especially with having Cup uh, back in the fold, that, that adds another layer to, to his upside. So things are really looking good for Stafford. And if he is available um, and you need some quarterback help, then he's, he's the obvious slam dunk choice. Okay, on to some tight ends, if there are any. Uh, maybe Logan Thomas, former Cardinals quarterback, who is now uh, certainly Sam Howell likes him, huh, in, in Washington. So uh, I I can't believe what we saw on Thursday night still um, with, with Washington. I mean, you, you have Sam Howell drop back 50 times, and 10 of those targets go to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Like, make that make sense. Please, somebody. I, I could not... Uh, make heads or tails of that. Um, does Eric the enemy, you know, kind of get get his head together and, and start channeling more of those targets to those two guys a little bit more? We'll have to see. But in, in the meantime, um, assuming that Washington doesn't figure it out, which is probably a safe-ish bet, uh, Logan Thomas, as long as he stays healthy, is probably someone that's going to be drawing targets in that Washington offense. So um, in a you know a tight end landscape that it, it's we're pretty much just looking for players with a pulse. Logan Thomas at least does that. All right, John, let everybody, let everybody know how they can uh, get a hold of your stuff and listen to you because, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, you do a whole lot more than talk to me for, you know, 20 minutes a week. <laughs> uh, well, well, this is the highlight of my Tuesdays every single week. I also join the guys <laughs> on, on Sirius XM um, on our uh, Roadwire Fantasy Sports Today show. Um, that is 8 to 10 Eastern on uh, every weeknight. Um, I usually go on during the Monday night football game, so, so check me out if you're on XM as well. And then uh, beyond that, I do a NFL betting podcast with, with uh, Nick Whalen over at Rotowire, and uh, that that's every Thursday. And also Mario Puig, uh, who uh, used to be on these airwaves, uh, the very same ones. Uh, him and I do uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Preview Show. That's every Thursday as well. You can check that out on, on the Rotowire YouTube and all of our social media channels. All right, John, always appreciate it. Thanks much. Much appreciated to you as well. Have a good week, and I'll catch you next Tuesday.